Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Previously on the On College Basketball Podcast. Now, Wisconsin, oh, I move you into the top five and you got to go to Pinnacle Bank? Uh, shouts to Borzello for this. Uh, this is crazy. So I will, I will finally concede that you don't just walk into Pinnacle Bank if Nebraska wins tonight. Because right now Nebraska is plus fifty nine and five and zero at home. It's minus seventy two and zero and five on the road in Big Ten play. It, cannot, in, it can't walk into any place that isn't Pinnacle. I and, was way uh, ahead of the curve on this. I think I invented this. I, it, it's bolted the doors on Pinnacle Bank. There, I will concede if Nebraska pulls this off against against Bucky on Thursday. It'll bring it up. His homecoming appears spoiled. The three won't go. Gary the rebound and the improbable upset in Lincoln. Hey there! It's Gary Parrish. Welcome back. CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, leaky black. I on College Basketball Podcast. It is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button like you're Brandon Davies. And if you're watching on YouTube, please also don't forget to subscribe to the CBS Sports College Basketball channel while you're here. Let's get into it. Massive weekend on tap. Four top ten matchups. We're going to discuss them all. We're going to pick them all in the final four and one. But I did want to start by... Further discussing what we talked about in Wednesday's show, specifically how top 10 teams are losing road games to unranked opponents at an unprecedented level because it happened again on Thursday night. Final score, Nebraska 80, Wisconsin 72. It was in overtime. Six-ranked Badgers tried to walk into Pinnacle Bank, but you know how that goes. I've been telling you for years. I think mm. I'm the first person to ever tell you. I've been talking about it for a long time. Ah. They took a defeat. Deadleg, what'd you make of the happenings last night in Lincoln, Nebraska? That one's on me. I was wrong. That one's on me. I was wrong. That one's on me. I was wrong. All right. Listen, you're not getting out of this show without uh, with a, out a little comeuppance. We'll save that for later. Oh, no. Uh, I got to have comeuppance, too. You got a little comeuppance a little bit later. Damn it. I was come hoping up, I would up. skip the comeuppance. <laughs> there will be no skipping anything on this Friday. Damn. Yeah. Listen, longtime listeners understand that once what well, once started out as a as a tongue in cheek joke, which we almost never do on this show. It's just not mm-hmm. our style whatsoever. Um, and that uh, you don't just walk into Pinnacle Bank Arena uh, then became a rallying cry, if not a lifestyle motto for one Gerald Parrish. And lo and behold, the man <laughs> is correct, because what went down and, and I said what I tweeted late, late on Thursday, I meant if I had one of those huge pieces of corn. That you Cornhusker fans just put on your heads when you go to these football and basketball. I'd be wearing it right now. But uh, alas, I don't have it. I even checked 
my older son, he loves corn on the cob. We don't even have that in the fridge right now. We got no corn. So I, if I had corn, I would have brought it. I would have eaten it right here on the show because you know what? It's not eating crow. It's eating corn. Nebraska. What a win. There is something special building there right now. Now, it's in the tournament for now. We're into February. I'm officially good with like talking bubble stuff. We finally got to February. Now we can really have some serious discussions about this. It's got more work to do because it's still, again, it's yet to win a road game in the Big Ten. It's going to need to do that at some point. But to come back after being down by 19 in the game, down 16 at the half, this was the second straight year Nebraska had rallied to beat Wisconsin and get a huge win this year, obviously being even bigger than last year and doing it and doing it with Bryce Williams playing tremendously well, 17 points rink mast. Who's had a couple of huge performances. He did well. You had CJ Wilcher off the bench with 22, you know, Kese Tominaga didn't even have, uh, <laughs> he didn't have a notable night whatsoever Parish, which was some, some of the surprise here. Um, but for a second straight home overtime win over the Badgers, that is just that's big time stuff. And and it not to me it knocks Wisconsin off the one line for now. We'll get to the Badgers and what they got on Sunday later in the show, of course. But to me, the story is absolutely Nebraska and what is building there and what Fred Hoiberg has been able to do now in getting this win in year five. This program has gone to one NCAA tournament since nineteen ninety-eight. It is, it is infamously the only Power 6 program that does not have a single NCAA tournament victory to its name in the history of its program, which is outrageous. But it is true of Nebraska. They got work to do. Big time 80-72 to 72 win and uh, a pretty awesome scene for the second time this season. They flooded the floor uh, where they grow the corn. It's just like the sun says. You know the sun, right? I, I got no idea what you're talking about. Is inside Pinnacle. You know, you never been to Pinnacle Bank, have you? I have not, unfortunately. There's a sign inside. It might not even it, let me. So there's a sign inside. It's behind one of the goals. Yeah, and it, it says, um, "Pay heed, all who enter. Beware of the Pinnacle Bank." <laughs> now you're just going to piss off Kansas fans. No, it says, "Pay heed." All... I think yeah. it does. I think. <laughs> I think it says, pay heed all who enter. Beware of the pinnacle bank. <laughs> okay. And now it's finally coming. Now, now here we are. 14 and one at home this season. Lone loss to Creighton back in early uh, December. Um, biggest come from behind win for Nebraska since 2013. And Fred apparently lost it at halftime. Did you see some of the quotes from the players? They said like, they said, our coach is like, chill. <laughs> so when somebody who's like very calm is like not, it's, it's, it's more noticeable than it otherwise would be. And they came out and obviously played tremendously in the second half. But here's the thing, and I think Greg Gard would tell you this. I think Fred would tell you this. Um, I don't care how well Nebraska plays in the second half. Um, Wisconsin's got to give that to you a little bit, too. And they did. You know, the, the Badgers shot 55% in the first half, 36% in the second half. 10 turnovers in this final 20 minutes, only 11 field goals. And they're, they're not, this isn't Wisconsin take care of the basketball like a Bo Ryan coach team, but they are, you know, they don't give it away like this. And they gave it away like this. And I agree with you. It does drop them from the one seed line. And that is where I would have had them this time yesterday, but I've already done it. I went, you know, going through resumes and looking at it this morning. I, I, 
based on the way I do it, which I recognize is not the way everybody does it, I can't drop Wisconsin very far. Like, I dropped them from four to five. I've got Iowa State at six, and there's really no getting around the idea that Wisconsin still has a better body of work than I believe Iowa State and everybody else below Wisconsin at this point. So I've got now North Carolina as a one seed, top four, and Wisconsin would be my highest number two seed in this moment. I can't take your ranking seriously. Um, how about this little factoid, though? Pinnacle Financial Partners, uh huh. they... <laughs> I mentioned one NCAA tournament bid since 98 for Nebraska. Pinnacle Financial Partners uh, ha- have not even been around since the second most recent time. Nebraska. This this company, according to Wikipedia, fail-safe research, uh, founded in February of, tw- of 2000. This company isn't even 25 years old. It owns an arena that you can't just walk into. Yeah. I was like, I was like, how long has Pinnacle been around? It founded in like mid-70s. 2000 GP. How do you just decide to start a bank in 2000, I wonder? Oh, well, you know. How do you think that happens? I think we are way out of our depth on that one. Yeah. <laughs> we are. We could not be more out of our depth on. You know what? I'd love to start a bank. How do you get, how do you get that going? <laughs> hey, I wouldn't mind starting a bank. I got I got a, I got a few bucks in my gotta, in my piggy yeah, bank. Can I start an actual bank? I think starting a bank would be awesome. <laughs> it sounds like an amazing <laughs> plan. If you want to quit the podcast and try starting a bank together. I would like to stop talking all the time and just start a bank. Unfortunately, you are on the record as an extortion expert. I feel like that might be a little bit of a high bar for us to clear to get accreditation. Nevertheless, congrats to Pinnacle Financial Partners for turning this thing around and basically uh, being solely responsible for, forget Fred Hoiberg and his halftime temper tantrums, uh, fin- uh, Pinnacle Financial Partners. You did a, you did a wonderful job. It was a big night for the Big Ten 2 GP. Uh, for Nebraska to get this kind of win, it also helps Purdue. We will get to the Boilermakers, of course. We got just a huge, I woke up jacked for this weekend, GP. This is just an incredible, incredible weekend. We got ahead of us and it got off to a really good start on Thursday night with this game. Thursday was strangely slow. Now, part of this is because the Pac-12 is just not good whatsoever. And so you just had games that didn't matter a ton um, other than this one uh, with with Wisconsin going on the road and really having it. And when they had that lead, I thought this is what it needs because it's a big ask. Now they're going to get the game at home on Sunday against the Boilers. But like asking Wisconsin to go 2-0 on the road against Nebraska, hosting uh, Purdue, that's that's a big ass. That can't be done, but I thought, okay, at least they get one here, so if they slip up Sunday, and then lo and behold, you look up 10 minutes later, Nebraska's back in the thing. Um, Wisconsin can't get out of regulation with the victory. Uh, despite, a, uh, you know, A.J. Storr played really well, and uh, and he continues to be so impressive after transferring from St. John's. Um, just really, St. John's should have won the national championship last year. They've got a lot of dudes that are playing really well right now. Um uh, Chucky Hepburn and Max Klesman each had thir- thirteen, uh, but like not enough from Stephen Crowell. They're bigs and Tyler Wall. They didn't. They didn't do a ton. Um, the bench gave them very, very little whatsoever. And uh, it was a, it was a, uh, it was a less efficient game than it, than than anticipated for Wisconsin on on my end. Nebraska just ran away with it in overtime, and uh, it's a good story right now. A lot of work to do. Like they do have a lot of work to do. They're I, they're in the tournament right now. I don't think there's any question about that. In my opinion, Nebraska, as by nature of this win here, but they can't they can't lose every road game in the Big Ten, win every home game in the Big Ten, and then say a one and done in the in the Big Ten tournament. I, in my opinion, that they would not get in un, under that uh, under that route. But uh, but I think 
I think, I think GP, they're going to do it. But hey, here we go. We got a nice little storyline as we curl into February with the, with the Cornhuskers and see if they can be like South Carolina, a team that's almost never in the tournament. Well, we have two such programs that actually make it into the field at 68 and give us a little bit of a different spice and flavor in this year's big dance. I would think they're safely in the tournament right now and actually like a win away from the top 25 and one. If they win uh, this weekend, they're at Illinois. So good luck. That's a, yeah, that's a tall task. Yeah, yeah. Right. But like if they were to win, I mean, right now they're three and three in quadrant one, three and three in quadrant two. So they're 500 in the first two quadrants with no losses outside of the first two quadrants. That's good. I mean, I don't know if you know, but I do this every day. I'm aware. That and good. that's good. That's like borderline top 25 and one. To put them in this morning, I'd have to knock out my Indiana State Sycamores, and I'm not comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. It's not something I'm comfortable with. But if, you know, there'll be losses this weekend and Nebraska were to win at Illinois, I would probably on Monday morning move the uh, I would move Nebraska into into the top 25 and one their strength of record right now, by the way, is 34th in the country. That's that's healthy for what for where they are. Yeah, that's sure. right. That's right. Pay heed. <laughs> Pay heed. Shut corn. Shut corn and then fill it in from there. How about that? Pay heed. It's just like the sign says, it's hanging at the top of Pinnacle Bank. We've all seen it. Pay heed all who enter. I've never seen it. Just so Beware of the Pinnacle Bank. They should hang one. <laughs> what What would prevent them from hanging one? Just do it. Pay no. I think it just. I think it just says, uh, uh, "Pay me." Sign Pinnacle Financial Partners. I think that's <laughs> what it says. Actually, I, pay me. Now, don't, don't pay heed. Pay me, Pinnacle Financial Partners. And also there's basketball here. I think that's the sign that you're talking about. Do you realize we are living in a world? All right. We're living in a world. world. And at one point in in my life, I said, you know what? I'm going to start the top 25 and one. And that was my big goal. And at some point in your life, you went, you know what? I'm going to start the court report. And that was your big goal. Actually, actually, I'm pretty sure neither of us had those ideas. They were uh, they were suggested to us, and we happily took them and ran. Yeah, I want to feel like Adi probably came up with all this stuff. <laughs> okay, okay, but you get the point. And then somewhere else in this world, there was another person who said, "You know what? I could start the court report or the top twenty-five and one, but I'm going to start a bank instead." <laughs> and true. I just feel like we didn't dream big enough. As was pointed out in the chat, um, I naively suggested that not being an expert on extortion might uh, preclude us from starting a bank. And many people are saying, no, no, I'm pretty sure every single banker is a a master when it comes to extortion. So we might be set up perfectly for this. Uh, Stay in touch. Stand by. We'll see if we can make something happen for you. Keep keep your faith and trust in us. Uh, We're the guys you want. Yeah, you you should trust us for sure. (laughs) All right. Let's bounce around the country. We're going to do that next. But first, a word from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Deadleg. Obviously, the weekend is massive. Four top 10 matchups. We're going to get to all of that stuff in a second during the final four and one. That's when we'll discuss various teams like Houston, Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, Purdue, Wisconsin. But for now... What else is interesting happening around the United States of America? Shahid! <laughs> so we'll do a couple. How about this? How about a couple storylines here? And then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll save chatter on, uh, on all their teams in uh, Final Four and One and Weekend Preview. Um, I'd like to talk. Let's talk UConn. Let's talk Memphis. We'll start with the Huskies. Um, they got a win Wednesday in a foul-infested affair. Game ended at like 11 local <laughs> at Campbell. Um, but they won over Providence. They're 9-1 in the Big East. They play at St. John's on Saturday. 19-2 overall for your number one team in the country. And uh, let me check this real quick, actually. I thought about this this morning. I forgot to check. Are we on? Are we pacing toward the same damn thing as last year where UConn did not lose a, a game out of league play? No, I lost at Kansas. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah, so they lost at Kansas. I think Billis might have said on PTI yesterday. I meant to fact check that. Um, but I got what, what Billis was saying there. Um I'll be there on Saturday for UConn at St. John's. It'll tip probably shortly after noon, after 12 p.m. Eastern at the at the Garden there. This might be the last UConn at St. John's game at the Garden, so long as Rick Pitino is coaching there. Um, and Let's stop here. For, walk me through this real quick. Um, sure. Are Dan and Rick actually like, do they not, are they bothered by each other or are they just having fun? That okay, so I've actually talked to a couple of people about this over the past uh, five weeks or so because this this started. So UConn and St. John's already played this season. It was two days before Christmas. Uh, UConn won that game 69 65 uh, at home in Hartford, uh, Saturday night game. And it wasn't that night after that game. St. John's had a game after that one, and I think I think it was in the post gamer. Um, for whatever reason, either Patino got teed up for it or he just swerved into it because um, they were talking about playing at Carneseca, which is a much smaller venue, obviously, than Madison Square Garden. And uh, this was detailed earlier this week uh, on the dribble, in the dribble handoff at CBSSports.com and on your CBS Sports app, where we laid out how just awesome this weekend is. And I took the UConn St. John's capsule because I'll be there. It's the only it's. It's a super awesome matchup, but it's not a top 10 matchup. It's not even a ranked matchup. St. John's isn't ranked, but it's UConn on the road. So. Uh, Patino said there, I'm paraphrasing here, but like every game, uh, or so the one game that will be at Carneseca is Connecticut moving forward. Every other one is up for discussion. And so that then prompted Hurley to get asked about it. And Hurley said, you know, when you've won five championships and you're the reigning national champion, you know, people are going to punch up. Then that prompted Steve Massiello, Patino's top assistant, to tweet out, I think Patino stopped punching up after his fourth Final Four. Or was it his fifth? <laughs> oh, no, wait. Maybe it was six. No, I think it was his seventh. So okay, then there was, Matt. There was, that, there was that. And then um, and then Patino had the quote about how he doesn't go after officials. He considers it a form of cheating, which is just a glorious... <laughs> like, it's a glorious... Patino quote, you've got to be kidding me with this. Um, and so they've had a little bit back and forth. I, I don't think they dislike each other. 
I think they are extremely competitive, and I think there's a little. I think there's a little bit of, and this I I'm definitely out of my uh, out of my depth here, but I understand the uh, the conceit. A little bit of wrestling heel stuff here, a little bit, a little bit, but I don't I don't I don't think like they're leaning into the role too much. It's just they they are alpha competitors, man. And uh, that is why like St. John's needs to win to keep itself in the tournament conversation here. The game has a ton of urgency and UConn wants to hold on to that number one ranking. And Hurley's talked about how much like that means to him. Like you're going to have to pry it out of our dead hands. Like We're not even to March and, and Hurley's talking Hurley. And so with that, there's just a lot of very awesome uh, plot lines and drama and intrigue behind this game. Like this is, this would be like a top two, top three matchup on a regular weekend. It just happens to be falling and adding to what's the best weekend of the sea. This is the weekend where if you've got friends who kind of like wait till March to get into college hoops, this is the one for them. This is the mainstream appeal weekend for college hoops in the regular season. And St. John's at UConn, UConn at St. John's is a, a wonderful way to, to, to get it going. And the reason why obviously Patino has an issue with uh, hosting UConn at the garden is, I don't know if it'll be a sellout. It very well, damn well might be. And if it's not, it'll be close to. And the fan split, I think, will be about 50-50 because uh, UConn fans like to call that store south. Obviously, they love getting down there for the garden. And, you know, knows like he'll have plenty of, of local support, but this is not going to be a home court advantage. And he has just he has no desire to allow for 7,000, 8,000, 10,000, 11,000 UConn fans to come in for what's supposed to be a St. John's home game. But it is this weekend, noon Eastern, Fox. Cannot wait to get there. Should be awesome stuff. And that's how we will, that's how we'll kick it off and, uh, and the stakes around the game. UConn, you speak, you mentioned Dan Hurley talking like Dan Hurley. Did you see the January quote? What, what what I saw, but I forgot. He's like, we've been fighting with January. Do you have it? <laughs> yes, yes, he's got a rivalry with January. He 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 hates that month because <laughs> of like last year. You know, they had that last stretch year, yeah. where they went one and five in a six game stretch, and yeah, he was like, uh, you know, I, I I don't have a Dan Hurley impression. You've got a pretty good one, but he's like, uh, you know, we've been fighting with January. We don't like January, but now we're you know we're we're we, we're getting through January, and we're gonna have a better relationship with January going forward. It's all that kind of stuff. It's great. And they went undefeated in January, by the way. They're now sitting here at 19 and 2 overall, 9 and 1 in the Big East. And um, Ken Palm now projects UConn to win the Big East by four games. That is outrage. I I like UConn. That's four games? Four. Give me three. Yeah, that's four is a ton, man. They're going to win it by multiple games, but four is a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Four is a lot. Um, can't wait to get down there. I'll be I'll be at the I'll be at the garden and then uh, I'll be in studio uh, for CBS Sports HQ all evening long to uh, to recap. So I'll have that going on a second screen. Let's talk Memphis. Um, Memphis has dropped uh, credit to Sports Illustrated's Kevin Sweeney because he pointed this out yesterday on Twitter, which is a wild factoid because it's happened in a matter of weeks. Memphis has gone from being the number 10 team in the AP Top 25 to now being a quad three home game, meaning it was 76 in the net. And if you're 76 in the net and uh, and and you host a team with the way the quadrants break down, that's a quad three game. That is crazy um, for them to have lost again. And it was a big night. Uh, it was a big night for for Rice. I want you know Scott Perez's team did did a great job, and uh, even I saw this too. Um, we'll focus on Memphis, but I want to give credit here because I saw our uh, our CBS Sports account pointed this out as well. Max Fiedler, who has been a stat monster for Rice, and just kind of a player who's had an awesome college career, but had been done it at a mid major the whole time. He's the first player in at least at least three decades to a uh, to compile 
a thousand points, thousand rebounds, five hundred assists, a hundred blocks, and hundred steals. And you're talking about a guy who, you know, have, for the most part, has played that uh, that wing position there. So that's awesome. Rice is not a good team this season. They're kind of fighting through it, but they go and they get a win at Memphis. It's a huge moment for Rice. It's 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 a signal that something is really, really wrong here with Memphis. Yeah. I know you've talked about it plenty on your show and obviously let's, uh, let's get into it here, but I'll just say this. Um, I think it is, it is twisting so badly right now for the tigers, which didn't have good metrics to begin with. And I'm sure the fans like eh, this is not, this happens with like a couple fan bases every year where there's a team that's got a gaudy record. And I almost want to say this was the case with Memphis like six, seven years ago. And uh, they got a gaudy record into January. But Pomeroy or, or whatever metric uh, just isn't in on them. And then people start, you know, hating on uh, the advanced analytics. And then sure enough, uh, there's a regression of the mean that happens. And it happens hard. Four straight losses against South Florida, Tulane, UAB and Rice. Uh, the Tigers are now in, in significant danger of not even going to the tournament. Now, I think I would have them in today narrowly, narrowly because Rodia A&M home against Clemson, home against Virginia, that's actually increasing in value. And actually, technically, the SMU win at home is more valuable than beating Virginia. So they're still good, but it's going the wrong way. And they have just, they have, GP, they have killed their slack uh, when it comes to how many more bad, bad losses they can take. They can take one more, maybe. One more bad loss in the American. Um, and other than that, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be no good. And I don't know what's going on. Like they got Naquan Tomlin. Uh, they they brought back uh, Jordan Brown. Like returned to the team. What's your what's your rundown? What's your uh, what's your thesis on on what's happened with Memphis? Because this is a uh, this is a swan dive. Well, first, just some numbers. You mentioned they were tenth in the AP poll two weeks ago. They were also top ten in strength of record. So the predictive metrics, like Ken Palm and some others, did not like them ever. But the strength of record was in the top 10 in the country. So it wasn't just inflated by human polls. Two weeks ago, they were 7-2 and two in the first two quadrants with zero losses outside of quadrant one. Now they're 6-4 and four in the first two quadrants with a quad three loss to South Florida and a quad four loss to Rice. Um, they bombed. They've gone from 10th in the AP poll, top 10 strength of record, they were 76 in the net yesterday. It's 77 right now. You mentioned Naquan Tomlin. That's it. We talk about addition by subtraction all the time. Like at North Carolina, it might be addition by subtraction losing Caleb Love. Now, Caleb Love has been awesome at Arizona, and it's addition by addition at Arizona. But for Carolina, it, it might be a, addition by subtraction. We don't use this phrase often, but I think it applies at Memphis this season. This was a subtraction by addition. They were rolling. They had great chemistry, and they added a guy who is more talented than most of the guys on their roster, and they upgraded the center position from a talent perspective. But the second he joined the team, uh, the chemistry went to hell. Um, before Daquan Tomlin joined the team, they were 9-2, and two, 54th at Torvik, and their adjusted defensive efficiency rating ranked 62nd in the country. Since Naquan Tomlin joined the team, they're six and four, 133rd at Torvik, and adjusted defensive efficiency rating is now ranked 203rd. Oh man! I, I mean, it's so clear in the data. It is so because after what happened over the weekend, I dove in and I said, "It's never just one thing." They also lost Caleb Mills to a season. Yeah, there's injury. Stuff, it's more than. Let's just be clear. Yeah. It's not just this. It's but, never one thing. Correct, but. The most obvious thing in the data was when they added this guy and he starts playing 20 plus minutes, like keep in mind, this team is rolling. 
and they're top 10 in, in the country. And then suddenly you add a guy, and this ain't like somebody coming back from injury or somebody who had to sit out nine games, but he's been with you all summer. They didn't know this dude. He just showed up. Know him. <laughs> he was like, but they don't even know who this guy is. So imagine you're on a basketball team and everything's going well. You're winning games. The place is packed. You're starting your 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 most reliable big is a is a Memphis, you know, player from East yeah. High School, a Memphian. Everything's fine. And then they add this dude that nobody knows. He takes minutes from somebody, he takes shots from somebody, and the chemistry is plummeted. Again, 54th at Torvik without Tomlin, 133rd with him. Defensive efficiency rating, the ranking 62nd without him, 203rd with them. And now, yes, they are at real risk of missing the NCAA tournament because, oh, and by the way, like I did all the data breakdown and I was like, listen, it's never just one thing, but this seems to be the most obvious problem. And then after the loss to Rice, you know what Penny Hardaway said after the game? Since Naquan Tomlin's joined this team, we have not been able to get in any sort of rhythm. I don't know why, but we have not been able to get in any kind of rhythm. And I think I know why. My little guy was on a seven-year-old baseball team and it got blown up, or a six-year-old baseball team, and it got blown up. You want to know why? Because people Naquan, were playing. Naquan Tomlin was because Naquan Tomlin joined the team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Naquan Tomlin, like before this, he ruined my kid's baseball team. This guy's, this guy's, this guy's. You know what? I, I support multi-sport, uh, multi-sport athletes. So good on Naquan Tomlin. Now, the fact that he's decided to get involved in a six-year-old uh, baseball team in the Greater Hernando, Mississippi area, maybe that needs to be investigated. But you know what? It's actually shocking that your son's team went down the tubes when Snakewan Tomlin was brought aboard. It, it surprised me too. It surprised me too. In all seriousness, what, here, what everybody's winning, everybody's okay, everybody's happy, everybody's getting to play second base. Then you add two kids, and they're good. And now your second baseman gets moved to right field, and your right fielder gets moved to the bench. Now everybody's mad. Parents are arguing. Team gets blown up. And that's six-year-old baseball. Now let's talk about high major college basketball. It is insane to think that it couldn't possibly impact chemistry. Not definitely will impact chemistry, but could possibly impact chemistry negatively. And that seems clearly what has happened um, at Memphis. And just, by the way, this is year six for Penny. Yeah. And if he doesn't make the NCAA tournament, he will finish his sixth season with two NCAA tournament appearances and only one NCAA tournament win. Josh Pastner through six seasons, four NCAA tournament appearances, two NCAA tournament wins. And he entered year seven on the hot seat and got paid more than a million dollars by Memphis after year seven to please, please, please leave and take the Georgia Tech job. That's where we're at. Okay. Uh, and and for uh, for folks that might not be up to date on the Americans ledger right now, Memphis, again, is four and four in the league. Uh, Florida Atlantic, Charlotte and South Florida, all seven and one. FAU is projected to win the league by one game. Right now, Charlotte, credit to the 49ers with an interim head coach right now uh, in Aussie, uh, getting it done there. Um, so uh, so that's uh, I know that's well appreciated by long suffering Charlotte fans, including one that's that frequents our chat uh, with relatively uh, regular cadence here. Um, and it's it's opening up a, a window here for FAU, which has had some close shaves. Um, they did not play. They had a with the rotation schedule. They didn't play on Thursday. They will play Sunday at home against Tulsa. Uh, any other thoughts on Memphis, or should we break down this splendid, splendid slate? I think that's enough on teams with four-game losing streaks or skids. Let's get to the final 4-1 presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. We're going to do that next, but one more word from our partners. 
Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Final four and one. It's presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. I I hadn't taken the time to look at the updated record, so we'll leave that out. We'll leave that out for now. We will not. We will not. Nada. Nada. Turn on that mic real quick here. Why don't you let the folks know where we stand right now with with the overall records this season. We are no longer in a side mount situation, fellas. Um, That's because why? That's because you, Norlander, now have a one-game lead yes, on GP. I believe so. I believe he has been surmounted, right? That's a lead that was surmounted. Yes, it was. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Okay. So um, you have been surmounted. This happens every year. God, it just, it just don't learn. I thought this year was going to be different. You don't want to learn. I'm not going to get cocky. We still got many. We got many weeks to go here. I thought this year was going to be different. This is. I mean. I woke up just uh, in all sincerity. Like, I'm so geeked to do this pod with you. This is art vibes on the first weekend of February. It's Groundhog Day. I don't know why we still pull a damn animal out of the ground and it's going to tell us when winter ends. Uh, whatever. <laughs> what, a, what a goofy thing to do. We still do it, man. Um, like, if those aliens are real that everybody keeps talking about, I bet they look at us and go, what are they doing? I know. Just what are they doing? Lead idiots here. What are but they doing with this groundhog? It's Groundhog Day again for GP because he has been surmounted. Damn it! With that in mind, we're gonna we're, as we do. If you're if you're dialing to this pod because you know it's a huge weekend, but you haven't listened to us much of the year or whatever, just a reminder: here's what we do: we pick four games, mm-hmm. we pick them against the Ken Palm projected number because we don't have the actual FanDuel make every moment more FanDuel moment more lines for the Saturday games just yet. Then I'll give you other games to know, and then I'll provide you with our fifth game. It's the and one in keeping with the conceit at CBSSports.com, top 25 and one, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. With that in mind, what's first, GP? Game one, Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern. It's number four, Houston, at number eight, Kansas, inside TJ Gasnola Fieldhouse. You can watch it on ESPN. Ooh, buddy. Tell me if you ever heard something like this before. Team is playing at Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah. Kim Palm has it. Houston minus five. Pay heed. 
we talked about the paid. If someone in the live chat has it, um, and someone can verify it, we talked about this earlier in the season. It might have been the UConn game. Kansas under Bill Self at home as a dog, and it might even be Kansas at home as a dog as a ranked team. It has never lost. So it not only is it covered every single time it has been a dog at home as a ranked team or like playing a top 10 team or something like that. We talked about it on the show back in December. It's never lost. Period. Um, this line will not be five. I no, 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 no. Line will actually. No, so we now for the final four and one. We'll pick it as five, but I almost hate that we pick it as five because there's no way we both don't take Kansas in this. I'm, I'm happy to change it. Change it to whatever you want because I agree with you. It will not be five. My Okay, so this is a rare instance here, but there's just no chance in hell this line is five. It will not be five. Uh, I do think Houston will be favored. My guess is that it's two. So let's go with – this is a guess. Uh, I'll say it's Houston minus two. So with that in mind – not Ken Palm says it's minus five. Norlander says it's minus two. Um, what what's what's your take? If it's if it's Cougars minus two, number one team at Ken Palm has been the number one team in almost every mainstream predictive metric for like seven weeks now. All right, this is, Houston has not it hasn't it didn't fall to number two for twenty four hours and jump back. It has stayed number one even after it lost back to back games here. I say it's Cougars minus two. Pay heed the actual building. That has pay heat all winter. This is the place where that's the case. Who you got? I mean, this is tough. Now it's tough. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you either you either have to pick the team that basically every computer tells you is the best team in the country. You got to pick them to lose, or you have to pick Bill Self to lose inside Allen Fieldhouse. Pay heat. I don't feel comfortable with either one of these things. It's this is man, what an awesome weekend we got here. Um. I can't pick against Kansas at home under any circumstances. They could be playing the Nuggets tonight, and I'd be like, I mean, Jokic is awesome, but pay heed. A reminder here. Let me give you, uh, let me give you as, of, as we speak here on Friday morning, here's what we got with Kansas and the team sheet metrics. Kansas is 13th in the net. The resume is, is solid. Still not one seed level, though. Seventh in strength record, nine in KPI. And then BPI. It's 17, Ken Palm, 15, and Kansas at Torvik is 15 as of this morning. Reminder, Houston, number one. Number one. Uh, That being, oh man, dude, Houston just busts your face and makes your life hell. Like, it uh, it really is. And not to go like Rostianism, but I did go Rostianism earlier this week. It is the John Wick of college basketball, man. Like, can almost cannot be killed. And because of the way Houston plays, like, I can see them walking out of there with some sort of, like, six-point win. I can, which would even cover the, cover the five on Ken Palm. But I am going to take Kansas at home in this spot. I have seen way too many Jayhawk games where it's kind of in doubt with like 30 seconds to go. And not only does Kansas win, but it's like, oh, they won by four. I've just seen this happen too many times. I will ride with Bill Self and a six-man rotation against what is trending toward one of the best defenses we've ever seen in college basketball in Houston. But it's a road atmosphere, jacked up game. Give me the Jayhawks minus, uh, plus two, plus two. It just feels a little bit like my, my buddy Chris Vernon tweeted this the other night after the Super Bowl was set. He's like, are you you telling me I get to take Patrick Mahomes as an underdog for the third straight game? 
Like, okay, this is it's like it's like making Michael Jordan underdog over and over again. All right. Similarly, I get to take Bill Self at home as an underdog. Okay, I guess you know what? Hey, I've done dumber things than believe in Bill Self at Allen Fieldhouse. I'll tell you We're that. The same, well, then we are on the same page with that one. Game two, Saturday, six thirty p.m. Eastern. Number seven, Duke, at number three, North Carolina. Inside JP Takoto Center. You can watch it on ESPN. Kim Pom has it. North Carolina minus five. I don't know if you've heard, but this game always delivers. All right. Does it always deliver? It mostly how delivers. Far, that's a, that's how far Hey, have you ever looked into how far apart the campuses are? Dude, I don't I don't know if people realize this, but there's only eight miles that separate these schools. I think it's nine. I think it's I've always heard eight. Are you about to You're thinking of Eminem to rewrite them? Are you getting are you getting into cartography right now? Are you about to rewrite the map on North Carolina and Tobacco Road? Yes. I've yes. heard eight forever. If it's nine, whatever. It's nine. I mean, You're thinking of Eminem. No, I Eminem am not, is eight mile. Not, and North Carolina Duke is nine mile. People have been repeating the eight miles apart thing forever. Chat back me up on this. It's been eight miles between the campuses forever. I think it must it's, be not. It, listen, I've I've never gone down there. And, okay. and, and literally done the drive and, and mapped it out there. But I've heard eight miles forever. I've Cameron never heard. Indoor Stadium. Oh, we're going to trust Google Map on this. Dean, Dean Smith Center. Come on. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't tell me it's 8.5. It's 11. Stop. <laughs> it says 11. It I says 11. Hold on. Hold on. I, it might be. Anyone in the chat begging you to help us here? I, it must be eight miles between the campuses or something. I've heard eight forever. So okay, I did. I did the arenas. Now let's just do the campuses. Okay. Okay. So it's eleven miles arena. Uh, UNC Chapel Hill. Okay, got it. And now Duke University. <laughs> Come on, deliver, deliver. <laughs> what do you got? 9.8 miles. Look at this. They're growing further apart. We got someone in the chat, Myron, saying it's eight miles. I don't let's this is this is a controversy. Because the myth or lie that they are eight miles has been perpetuated for a long time. They've been further apart than, than they've led us to believe. They've never been as close as they acted. Wow. I mean, that's this is world shaking. Nevertheless, this is the 49th meeting between these schools as to top ten teams. That is truly ridiculous, and it's why it's not only the best rivalry in college basketball because they're it's student, they're two of the three most important programs in the history of the sport, two of the four, however you want to break it down, whatever. Um, they're almost always good, good when they face off. Uh, they are frequently great. Forty nine times the next the next closest, and this was a stunner. And I know our uh, our podcast uh, colleague at CBS, Will Brinson, has not been able to recover from this because the second most frequent top 10 matchup of all time is North Carolina NC State. Yes, kids, NC State was once really, really good for a long time there. Oh, but you prove it. <laughs> I mean, just uh, sports reference exists. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Like David Thompson was an awesome player. Um, here is the five most frequent courtesy of our uh, of our butts with CBS Sports Research here. The five most frequent top 10 matchups in the history of men's D1 college hoops. It's 49 for Duke and UNC. And then UNC and NC State is 14. Kentucky Duke is 13. 
Carolina, Kentucky also met 13 times with both teams ranked in the top 10. And then Carolina, Maryland. Get Maryland back in the ACC, please. Get, a, get rid of this nonsense of them in the Big Ten. Also 13 times. It's a joke, man, that there are 35 more frequent meetings with Duke and Carolina's top 10 teams than any other possible matchup. Um, and as Brian Ives pointed out, I think I mentioned this earlier on the show this week, uh, those teams are 24 and 20. Duke and Carolina, like, you look at their 50 most re- frequent matchups, their 80 most, their 100 most, their 150 most uh, recent matchups, and it's always like they're either even or Duke or Carolina have a one-game advantage, and, like, they're separated by eight points. Every damn year we see this, and, and it doesn't change. It's incredible. This is a wonderful game. Uh, let me get to a quick analysis, and then we'll pick it. I believe, I was talking with someone um, someone at Carolina on Thursday night, I think that Armando Baycott needs to show up massive in this game. And by massive, I'm talking, like, 20-plus points, uh, double-double, 10-plus rebounds. He's not going to be tasked or be able to guard Filipowski out on the perimeter, but you make your presence known. I don't think this can be R.J. Davis' hero ball and getting Carolina the win. On the other side, Proctor has been on fire, and if you tell me that Proctor disappears in this game, I think it would spell doom for Duke in this one. Um, you got Jeremy Roach. Feels like a veteran kind of guard kind of game here. Uh, this has wonderful potential. If Duke wins, it will be tied in the loss column with Carolina, but technically take the short-term lead because they'll have the head-to-head victory over them. Obviously, they'll meet again to wrap the regular season as always there. So uh, I can't wait for this one. It's at the Dean Dome. Um, it's a different vibe than Cameron. Each of the buildings have their own benefits because Dean Dome is just – it's it's a – bigger building and so you've got more people there uh it's the Hold one up. you can put more people in a bigger building correct that's correct yes wow. and i believe earlier in this show you said there's going to be some losses this weekend and i let that slide when you said <laughs> okay. you go there's going to be losses this weekend really you there are though the there are okay okay so um yeah to me it's a lot of this is baycott but maybe the thing i like about duke carolina is that we often get something that happens and it's just not on the one, two, three, four, five scouting report in terms of what, like maybe like Cormac Ryan has the game of his life and he's the reason why UNC wins or potentially Mark Mitchell uh, is the best dude on the floor and Duke pulls out a, a huge road win. And then we really got, we're cooking with some juice there. So uh, obviously awesome. Cannot wait for this. You said the tip was six thirty. Is that what Eastern. you had? Eastern. I would bank on this getting bumped. First of all, you should be you should be setting aside the whole day to watch all these games. That's but, called that's called. Let me give you television terms. That's called sliding the tip. They're gonna slide that tip. There's gonna they're be, gonna slide the tip. It sounds a little. Uh, I've never been real you comfortable. With, I did not, but whatever. Let's I've never been real comfortable with the phrase, but the phrase is slide the tip. The phrase you haven't been comfortable with? Okay. Um, I would say it's gonna be a six forty tip, but nevertheless, you said it's UNC minus six. That's it's too many points. I think because I don't think this game is UNC minus five. Ooh. You had six in the dock last night, so it's changed overnight. Okay. You had six in the Sometimes dock. Sometimes things change overnight. You had six in the dock. Doesn't matter. I will still go Duke to be inside well, that. I had to update the dock this morning. Somebody didn't get into the dock this morning. Okay. I will go. Hey, look, look, I got into the dock this morning. Nada got into the dock this morning. <laughs> okay. I will go. You're out, you're out there preparing, preparing soliloquies on how you can put more people in bigger buildings. I'll go Duke inside that number. <laughs> Duke plus five. I say Carolina wins 73-70. Okay. Okay. Sometimes the chat is helpful. All right? Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just aggravating. Bob is telling me it's eight miles in the chat. Okay. Okay. Well, 31A Rob, <laughs> he says he drives it every day. It's nine miles. 
Thank you. What do you think 31A A Rob's doing every day? Driving just back. What if all he does is just drive back and forth between the campuses every day? Like that's that's what he does. But that that's how he spends his day. Uh, we've un- we've uncovered uncovered a scandal. There's no doubt about it. Okay. Here's what. The, okay, so 31A Rob says I drive it every day. It's nine miles. Depending on arena to arena, campus to campus, we got numbers from Google Maps that that range from nine, ten, or eleven miles. What the chat is saying As is that profile? sure. On the road, it's going to take you 9, 10, or 11 miles. But crow fly is eight. That's the crow. And the crow fly, I think, should be the actual. Yeah, but we ain't crows. Do I look like a crow? Well. I mean, I might look like a crow. You, you actually do not. Let me assure you. you <laughs> I might not. look like a crow. You do not. <laughs> do I look like a crow? I'm not a crow. Why? Okay. You ready for this? If somebody said, dead leg, I need you to come over. Um, and you said, okay, how far do you live away from me? And they said eight miles. And then when you started driving, it was really 15. At some point you might go, hey, I thought you told me it was only eight miles, so I didn't leave in time. Now I'm late. It's 15 miles. And what if they said, oh, yeah, but I meant crow fly. You'd be like, what? Why are you telling me how far it, Different. a crow has to fly from one place to another? I'm not a crow. Give me human drive, not crow fly. Okay. So nine miles. So we, we've got to change the narrative on Tobacco Road in this rivalry for a nation. All right. I'm taking North Carolina. I'm just fed up with all this. You got UNC. I got you. All right. I mean, we live. It's an election year, and once again, we can't trust the mainstream media. It, by main, yeah. Okay. There we go. They've been out there t- feeding us lies forever. Game three. For the record, I do trust the mainstream media. You are the mainstream media. Game three. I am the mainstream media. <laughs> I don't trust myself, though. That's also true. Game three, Saturday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Number five, Tennessee at number 10, Kentucky. Inside Devin Booker Arena. Mm. Devin Booker. Last time UK played in the Final Four, he had six points in 19 minutes. Seems... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> now he's the sixth leading scorer in the NBA. He got six points in 19 minutes in a 71-64 loss to Wisconsin. <laughs> That's tough. That's tough. You can watch this one on ESPN. Kim Palm has it. Tennessee minus two. The mighty Wildcats are underdogs. Pay heat. Also a slide the tip situation, I think, here. Oh, you definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Evolves minus two. Hmm. Um, let's go over under, let's bring it up here. Let's refresh the, uh, the listeners and viewers on what Dalton connect has done as of late. So Dalton connect, uh, maybe number two in, in player of the year right now, his most re- frequent run here. He's gone for, um, 31, 32, 25, 39, 36, 28 in his past six games. Uh, let's set the over under on the road. Dalton connect. 27 and a half points, Parrish. What's what are you taking over under points, Dalton Connect, in this game? I'm gonna go under, but buddy, wouldn't it be fun to have a I, I, isn't there a segment of America that would really enjoy watching a Dalton Connect versus Reed Shepard showdown? <laughs> sure, sure, you, no you know, somebody's out there waiting for that. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Enough. Uh, I will go over. Give me, uh, give me. I pick the pick the number that I think will be closest to. I'll say Dalton finishes with twenty eight here. Kentucky's obviously has some defensive issues. Uh, 
Tremendous matchup, although these teams, a lot of these teams in these games, they picked their losses going in the weekend. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, somebody's gonna have a somebody's gonna have a two-game losing skid. That's correct. We're we're looking at a skid situation coming out of the weekend. If this is a top ten matchup, AP poll. Yeah. Top twenty five and one. What it's, what are we it's ranked versus unranked. Oh damn. Well, you know what? Let's uh, let's not get into that. Let's not get let's not get into that right now. Um we don't have a status update here from Kentucky. I'll give you one. You got okay. Give me. On you just tell me what you want me to. What do you want to know? Well, they. <laughs> what do you mean? Like they didn't have two starters in the, in the game uh, earlier this week. Yeah, they might have them this weekend. They might not. Thanks for that. Okay. Mm-hmm. <sighs> DJ Wagner didn't play. Justin Edwards didn't play. Um, I, I, it's picking the game out, knowing if they're going to be on the floor. Now, Kentucky's got the game at home. I'll say Kentucky. This was to me. This was of the five we're going to pick. This was my toughest one, but I will go. Kentucky gets it done, and uh, and avoids a third loss in four games. Tennessee loses and drops back to back games, which would not be a first this season. Lost three in a row. You might recall against all really good teams: Purdue, Kansas, and North Carolina, by virtue of being in Maui and then having the. ACC-SEC game in Chapel Hill earlier this season. I will go with Calipari's Cats to, to get it done in an entertaining game. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I just feel like I feel like this is going to be a, a well-rounded, reassuring effort from Kentucky. I'll take the home team. Um, I still like Kentucky. Like, in terms of long-term potential, I still think they've got the most talented roster in the country. The body of work is not very good right now. They're 5-4 and four in the first two quadrants. Um, with only two quadrant one wins, and they've got that quadrant three loss at home. Um, I did remove UK from the top 25 and one. It, 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 obviously, they win this weekend. They go right back in. It's reasonable to still have them in. I, I guess because I've had a bunch of Kentucky fans ask, like, what? here's what I would base it on, and then we'll move on. If I had Kentucky ranked in the top 25 and one this morning, um, they would be the only team in the top 25 and one with fewer than um, three quadrant one wins and a quadrant three loss on the resume. And if I had Kentucky um, in the top 25 and one this morning, they would be the only team in the top 25 and one that has a quad three loss on the resume and isn't at least multiple games above 500 in the first two quadrants. Um, so they, you know, the resume is not as good as the potential or the roster, but they've got a massive opportunity this weekend and. I promise you, if they knock out Tennessee on Saturday, I'll have them right back in the top 25 and one with a better resume on Sunday morning. For now, for these purposes, I'll take the Vols on the road. Game four, Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern, number two, Purdue, at number six, Wisconsin, inside the Josh Gosser Center. You can watch that one on CBS, America's most watched network. It's the network of stars. Kim Pom has a Purdue minus one. Another road favorite. A lot of road favorites here. It's true, but it's not an un- it's not an unranked team on the road here, so they might be all right. Um, Boilermakers win at home Wednesday night against Northwestern in overtime. Almost lost in regulation. Boo Booey just couldn't quite get off the shot. I think at the uh, the angle and speed he wanted to, so it fell it fell off the rim. They went to OT. Purdue ran away with it. Uh, Purdue shot 46 foul shots and Northwestern shot eight, which is apparently not a record, but still very rarely do you see one team take 38 more foul shots than the other. Then again, um, 
I, you know, I'm not saying that Northwestern shouldn't have had, you know, maybe six or seven more trips to the line. That might have been the case. Uh, Zach Eady is, is this is always one team. Here. One team has Zach Eady. One team has Zach Eady. Like I'm not saying that there's not a missed call here or there, but I never get caught up in. Well, this team shot way more free throws than the other team. Yeah, well, one one team's throwing it to Zach Eady and the other one team's not. I know which one's going to get fouled more. It got so bad for Northwestern. There were, I don't know, four or five possessions down the stretch of regulation and overtime. Where, and some of it was design as well. But like after like hacking them all night, um, he'd catch the ball in the paint and there just wouldn't be anyone in arm's length. And he'd just turn around and just slam it. <laughs> it's just like... This is like Naquan Tomlin playing Little League Baseball out there right now. It, it just, it, I, didn't, I didn't anticipate he would be the problem that he was. What, Edie? Or no, no, Naquan Tomlin. Tomlin. Like, it just making sure. Yeah, no, Naquan Tomlin. I definitely anticipated to Edie would be the problem that he was. Yeah, I knew, I knew Zach Edie would be yeah. exactly what he is. That Naquan Tomlin, though, and he's just so much bigger than all the little six-year-olds. It was just, we didn't and think then, it through. And then, obviously, we're not getting out of the show without uh, – giving kudos to Chris Collins. And here's the thing, because there were some Iowa fans that were like, you wouldn't let Fran do this. Okay, but Fran has a history of this. Chris Collins doesn't get thrown out of games on an annual basis. And the fact that here's the deal. It's different because Collins, he blew a gasket. He was was (laughs) done with the 46 to 8 foul discrepancy. And he's right in that David Jones should have been called for that offensive hook, and they did not call it. They, he should have been called for that. And so here's another coach running onto the damn floor, although the action was on the other side. And he's like, he's just, he's not saying the words, but he's basically like, I want you to throw me out of this yes. game. Get me out of here right now. So he's all pissed off. He's getting held back by his players. Then he's getting pushed. He's getting escorted out by one of his uh, support staff. And then in the midst of this, like, Painter is so clearly laughing on the inside, but he's not. He's not cracking a smile. Do the old handshake. I have no doubt that since that moment happened, Painter and Chris Collins have shared a laugh over what the hell went down there. Gives him a shake, a couple daps, and then Edie's just chilling by the wall under the basket. We get the little one-handed hug in there, and then Collins going, "Yeah, yeah." I'm a, I'm a student section. Um, the rare ejection where you are endearing yourself for the long haul to the crowd. And I think part of that is Northwestern's basketball history and all this stuff. They gave them a hell of a game. Purdue fans, they're knowledgeable. They avoided a third straight loss against Northwestern. I think that's part of it. Like, there's actual genuine respect there from Purdue against against Northwestern. And Chris Collins, man, that is uh, – that's one of the better ones I've ever seen, man, because specifically because even though they reviewed and they put like a second and a half on the clock, who, who the hell cares? Um because it's the end of the game, like it's like you almost never see a coach ejected at the end of a game. Like you never see that, and the fact that he did it and he kind of broke character, that was that was wonderful stuff. I just I enjoyed it so 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 much. Uh, just to be clear, and I don't want to speak for you, but for any Iowa fan who is saying we wouldn't let Fran do this, I one hundred percent would. I I, I... <laughs> friend, if Fran did it like this, absolutely. Are you kidding? Oh, I, let me be clear. I think it's crazy. That friend loses his mind all as often as he does, but I enjoy it. I, I like I laugh at it. I can giggle with almost anything. Please, friend, <laughs> go bananas and then go hug Zach Eady, and we'll laugh about that too. I promise. Okay, without it, without a doubt. So, uh, congrats to Northwestern. There, Purdue now turns around, plays at Wisconsin. Now the Badgers, they got to try and get a win here after they. This isn't. 
this is not the the parish uh, the parish conundrum. You don't want to lose a game you're supposed to win and then have to go play a game you're supposed oh, to lose. Yes, it is. I don't think so. Wisconsin. I don't. I don't think you can qualify that Wisconsin. You can't say that. It's Why can't Pinnacle I? Bank Arena. No, no, no. You can't say that. They were favored at tip off. Doesn't matter. It's Pinnacle Bank Arena. You can't say that. It does not apply here. Pay heed. Pay heed. All who enter. Pay, pay me. Not pay heed. Pay me. Pinnacle Bank Financial Partners. Okay. So, you know, it doesn't apply here. But nonetheless, they're now staring down a potential. We got another potential skid situation here. <sighs> Wisconsin's capable of winning, this, of winning this ball game. Let's be clear on this. Uh, Purdue has, is developing a knack for, uh, for winning some squeakers. I will go Purdue on the road, 1 o'clock, CBS, as a reminder here on Sunday. This is your standalone. Sunday, Sunday is randomly... Now, there's like 15 total games in the sport on Sunday. There's no football. I don't know why the hell that happened. Um, Naquan Tomlin, duh. Okay. And so I will go Purdue. I will go Purdue to win and cover here. Wisconsin was favored uh, at Nebraska by, I think, a point. Maybe a point and a half. So I did notice, and I'm not hating, but I did like at the end of the clip, it was like an unimaginable upset. And that's more like fairly Dickinson over Purdue (laughs) than Nebraska as a one-point underdog over Wisconsin. But whatever. Who cares? It was an awesome moment. I'll take Purdue on on the road, but I don't feel great about it. I don't feel great about it. I think we've agreed on three games. I've lost track here. Uh, Here's your tour around the weekend before we get to the fifth one. Friday night, Bonnie's at Dayton, 7 Eastern ESPN2. It's a good uh, it's a good A-10 game there and, uh, and a big spot for Dayton. Uh, you don't want to drop a game at home to St. Bonaventure, but Bonaventure is actually good enough to maybe to, to mess around and uh, pull off an upset there. Uh, your guy here is going to take a trip up to New Haven. I'm going to see Princeton Yale tonight with uh, with my boys. So um, I'm excited to do that. See Xavier Neely with Princeton. Obviously a really good team. Yale yet to lose in the Ivy League. Princeton lost at Cornell last week. Taking a little Ivy action on a Friday. That's an awesome game. Want to give a shout out to uh, to those programs and uh, and shouts shouts to Yale. They are they're friends and uh, fans of the podcast. There Saturday, talked about it earlier, but a reminder: UConn at St. John's, noon Eastern on Fox. You've got Virginia at Clemson in a battle for the third best team in the ACC. Two Eastern on ESPN. Uh, Clemson is staring down a really tough part of the schedule after losing a lot here. This is a big one for Brad Brownell's team. Uh, Virginia. If it were to win on the road, even if by nature of doing that, it would be another Clemson loss, uh, would be putting itself uh, in a a better spot than I think people thought it was a month ago. Lo and behold, maybe Tony Bennett could coach a little ball. We'll see. But that's a a pretty urgent ACC game there. Also at 2 Eastern on Saturday, Texas at TCU. That's an ESPN game that will run alongside uh, UVA-Clemson. So you've got got just a quality Big 12 matchup. And... uh, and I believe I saw, I think I saw that we might have something on Sunday. I think I saw that Barstool is going to send like thousands of horns down shirts to TCU. So I don't, <laughs> like, here's the problem with, and we'll see if it actually happens, but here's the problem when you make a big deal out of this in all seriousness, then you induce this kind of thing and you make it 10 times worse. That's exactly right. It, so, I, I was, I, I can't remember if I said this to you or somebody else, but it, this is exactly like eight year old stuff. Like once you're, you, once you know, Oh, like if I, if I call this guy four eyes, it really bothers him. Well, then that's your go-to. Oh, shut up. Four eyes. Yeah. Now this is what they do. You oh, all I gotta do is is this and you're mad? Okay. Horns down, horns down, horns down. You make it worse. 
It's really dumb. Might, yeah, there might be really more sound peppering that. And that might be, that just might become the thing there. Um, 3.30 Eastern on Fox. Two loss Utah State going on the road to play against San Diego State. That is a, is, it, like, if you're a college hoops diehard, it's just, an inc- again, an incredible Saturday. This is such a good, good game. It gets a little bit lost in the shuffle, obviously, with having so many high-profile top 10 matchups. But, dude, that is that is big-time stuff. Danny Sprinkle's team, again, Utah State is 19-2. and two. It's 7-1 and one in the league. San Diego State right now sits at 16-5, and 5-3. Five, five and three. Aztecs at home. You know, you got to have it to have any chance at, uh, at having a at having a shot to win uh, to win the Mountain West there. Um, so that's a big one, big spot. Got to see it. Three thirty Eastern on Fox on Saturday. Uh, number sixteen Auburn is at Ole Miss. Six Eastern SEC Network. Again, like a really quality matchup. It's you know I want to say buried, but yeah, it's effectively buried on the SEC Network. Auburn not yet with the quad one win. And Ole Miss is not a metrics darling. So someone's going to come out of that uh, game uh, with just continued skepticism around them. We'll see which one it winds up being. That's uh, But that's a really, really good one down there at the Pavilion. Uh, we also have at 8 o'clock Eastern, number 12, Iowa State at number 18, Baylor. I almost made this the and one pick, but I'm picking, uh, I'm giving some love to a couple of schools that need it in just a second here. But that's that's obviously a really, really good Big 12 matchup. Uh, you know, nightcap. That one will get going before UNC Duke wraps. If you have YouTube TV, you already know this is a quad box situation all afternoon and all evening long. And then St. Mary's at Gonzaga is your 1030 Eastern tip on ESPN. So, yeah, that's a late one. And um, Gonzaga has not does not have a win over a surefire NCAA tournament team. It's two biggest games of February are this one. And then it plays at Kentucky uh, in a week and a half. Oh boy, Zag's got to have it. Then again, St. Mary's has to have it as well because it had the bad start to the season. Now you got a quad one game on the road. Uh, fascinating WC matchup, which always has big stakes, bigger stakes than usual in that one. Um, and then on Sunday, other than the Purdue Wisconsin one, Providence at Nova is a 6 p.m. Eastern tip on FS1. Nebraska at Illinois, as GP mentioned earlier, that's a 6:30 Eastern Big Ten network. Sunday's really slow. Build your afternoon around CBS with Purdue at Bucky. Our and one. Saturday, mm. 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. Two of the best mid-major teams in the country, only adding to the awesomeness of this weekend. We've got the Drake Bulldogs going up against Indiana State in a fantastic Valley affair. Indiana State is 19-3. and It's 10-1 and in conference. GP has them in the top 25-1, as he should. Drake is 18-4, and 9-2 and in the league. Uh, just you know, uh, an incredible, an incredible matchup between these uh, these programs. They have met earlier this season. Drake won on its home floor, gave ISU its only league loss that happened uh, back on January 10th. Um, this game is going to go down, of course, on Dwayne Clue Court. And who is that? Listen, I'm tired of Larry Bird getting all the shine. Me too. Dwayne Clue was the 1948 NAIB Player of the Year for the Helms Foundation. People don't talk enough about that. They literally don't. This is straight from Wikipedia. He had a spectacular collegiate career. As a junior in 1947-48, he was number two in the nation in points scored while ranking number 10 in points per game. After leading the Sycamores to the NAIA Finals, he was selected All-American by the Helms Foundation, as well as winning the Chuck Taylor Most Valuable Player Award in the 1948 NAIA tournament. So Bird can get the building, but I don't do the buildings. The N1 is the court. Right. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm, it's spelled K-L-U-E-H. I don't know if it's Clue or Clue-A. To me, that's Clue. Dwayne Clue Court. Get his name on that floor already. Ken Palm has this line. 
Illinois State at home. Indiana State at home. Indiana State minus six. Who you? Oh, got? that's a big number. Big number. And this is an awesome Valley game. They deserve the N one without a doubt. I might have named that court after Robbie Avila. He's still playing. I don't do active players. It's a, like a Hall of Fame situation. He could be on his way, but you got a long way to go, young Robbie, to get to Dwayne Clues level. Let me just. Oh, remember. he's on his way. Sixteen points. Robbie Avila. He might be straight out of nineteen forty-eight at points here. He's he's one hell of a player. If you are unfamiliar, watch this game and get familiar immediately. He's closer. He's closer to superstardom than the distance between the Carolina campus and the Duke campus. Okay. I think that's been proven today, seven if nothing else. Superstardom between Robbie Avila. Yeah, okay, there is seven mile difference. I'll agree with that. That's right. Um, I got Indiana State in the top twenty-five and one. Don't at me. Do people still say don't at me? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know either. I never really knew. I got them in the top 25 and one. Strength of record is uh, 19th. They're um, three and three in the first two quadrants. Zero losses outside of quadrant one. They don't have big wins. Like the biggest win is is uh, a road win at Bradley. That's the Q1 win. Bradley like 59th, somewhere right around there in the net. The losses are Alabama, Michigan State. I like this team. Um, that's a big number. These are two good teams. Both these teams can win games in the NCAA tournament. I would I would agree with that, and um, I, as long as they keep getting business done in the Valley, um, we'll save this for later in February at the earliest, but we might have a, a two-bit Valley situation. I hope we get there, um, but if that's to be the case, I would advise neither of these teams losing by double digits in this game. All right, all right you ready? Here's my pick. Yep. Opposite you. You pick it, I'm going the other way. Why? No, what no, no. That's not how this works for the N one. You always, I already have my my pick is on the is is in the doc and my own doc. I've okay, already got I'm gonna look at it. Changing it. Okay, cool. I'll look at the doc. You no, know, it's not in that doc. It's in my own doc, so you can't see it. Show me your doc. <laughs> Show me your doc. I'm not showing. I have. Hey, hey. All right, fine. I'll give you my pick. You know what? Show you're me your doc. You're coward. You got surmounted. You're pressing. Yeah. I got you in a blender right now, and yes. you don't know what to do. Yeah, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Somebody's trying to tell me Crow Miles. I don't even know what that yeah. makes. It don't Love make any Drake. sense. I got Drake plus six in this one, okay? Yeah, I got Indiana State minus six. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I got Drake. It's too many points. Uh, Indiana State was able to rally at home last weekend and, and dodge a uh, and dodge a home defeat it's, there. But it's, a, it's a lot of points to give to a hip-hop superstar. Uh, nothing would be better this weekend on this loaded weekend than if Drake actually attended this damn game. But I, I'm putting who would, that who, at, uh, who could at, ever be a six point favorite over Drake right now? I know, little baby, maybe, but even probably not. No. I just think it's crazy to make anybody a six point favorite over Drake. Tucker DeVries, star that was your cat, Avila, just an just an awesome Valley game, worthy of the N one. I'll take Drake, and I guess that means you've got Indiana State. Oh, you know what? Hold hmm. on. Because I'm a man of honor and integrity. Mm, me too. It has changed overnight. I just brought it up. Oh, it's five now. It was six last night. Now I only got to lay five with the Sycamore. Right, things are getting better. Things are looking still, up. Pay heed. Pay heed. Still sticking with Drake. All right. Pay heed. Pay heed. All right. All right. There we go. Shouts to Devin Dowdy. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry MF and Teagle, legend. Shouts to Huck Larnell. Shouts to Human Miles, not Crow Miles.
Okay. I ain't got no use for crow miles. I think they're just miles, man. That's the thing about miles. They're just the same unit of measurement no matter what. Yeah, but you can't be talking about, yeah, a crow can get get there in eight miles. Talking about the mode of transportation. I don't care how long it takes a crow. Until until I become a crow, don't ever tell me how far it takes a crow to get somewhere because it don't matter none to me. They've been misleading us. They should say that on the broadcast tomorrow night. Who's on it? Shulman? No doubt this is a Shulman and Billis game. Yeah, text him and say, hey. He's already, he's already, how about this? He is 100% listening to this pot. Shulman, you know what to do. Yes. You say, you. I, this is what you say. It is eight miles between these two campuses for crows. That's the crow fly. <laughs> oh my. For crows. But for humans, it's going to take you nine, 10, or 11, Shulman depending on your route. Into the, if he works in as the crow flies reference on the game, first of yes. all, someone find us and tag us. Um, that uh, that gets that gets a reference. That gets an audio play on the pod on Sunday for sure. It's a top ten matchup between two blood program, two blue blood programs, separated by just eight miles for crows. I mean, please say that. Kind <laughs> of go that way. He's not going that specific. It's two of the best basketball brands in the sport, separated by only eight miles for crows. Your thoughts, Jay? <laughs> Please, come on. Hey, set the. if we're going to get back to trusting mainstream media in this country, we have to stop lying to people. It's time to stop lying. Duke and Carolina is separated by 9, 10, or 11 miles. D- 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 according to your human human route, the only, the only thing that can get there in eight miles is a crow. I'm, I'm sure there's other... Uh, species of bird that are also capable. Just so we're clear on this, no. I don't know how the crow got the crow. The crow why is it the crow? You I know, know why isn't it the eagle? Why isn't it eagle you distance? Got, you got a show to do. Like we we are at seventy minutes. I know, like, but I can do another thirty on this. <laughs> I can do another thirty on this. Listen, I'm a raven guy more than a crow, personally. Think, if we're gonna go there. Like I, to me, I give it to the raven. Ravens are cooler. They're bigger. They're better. I, 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 don't know. I think you're right. I think you're right. You can't be right. Car- like carrier pigeon. They literally used to do this as the carrier pigeon flies. But what do I? It's just tough. It's just misleading. And I feel problem. like I've been misled. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple, Spotify. There's more of us than there are of them. Robbie Avila. What do you think? I'm not speculating. Just wrap the show, please. <laughs> we'll talk to you again Sunday. Till then, take care. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.